0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And
2: welcome to the Tuesday edition of Calvary Live. I am your host for the next hour. My name is Jeff Figgs. I have the privilege of pastoring Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I am here ready to take your questions and your prayer requests for the next hour. And as you just heard, the number to call to be on the air is three o three six nine o three thousand, and now's a great time to grab one of those open lines and let's talk about the things of the Lord. Uh, I'm here to uh, bring clarity and understanding to your questions as best I can as I point you to the Word of God, and uh, to be able to pray with you and um, join in with the other listeners as we pray together, lifting up the prayer request. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners all along the front range of Colorado and Wyoming, southern Wyoming. It's a windy, blustery day. And uh, so if you're out and about, uh, I'd love to be able to uh, bless your day in any way that I can and uh, welcome you to call in at 303-690-3000 also want to welcome Hope FM listeners on the East Coast, as well as Truth FM. You can call at this time at the same number, 303-690-3000, and love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. There is another way for you to be able to call in, and, uh, or that is uh, ask a question, and that is by texting. It's a text line. No one will answer that line, but the text line, as most of you know, is 720 720- 720 Three three six, zero eight nine seven. So I'd love to be able to look at those text questions. Matter of fact, we're going to start out. Uh, there's an interesting prayer request that just came in on the text line, and um, it is. My name is David. I live east of Walsh, Colorado, in Johnson City, Kansas. We have a huge fire coming this way from around Walsh. So please pray. Thank you. If you don't know where Walsh, uh Colorado is, it's in the very southeast corner of Colorado, right where Colorado, Kansas, and Oklahoma meet. And we do border in the southeast corner of the state Oklahoma, and there's a large fire going on. So David somehow has texted in, wants us to pray. Uh, so David, thanks for that prayer request and uh, we want to be able to do that so father we just ask is uh there's a large fire we don't know the details uh there at walls uh, heading towards uh, the kansas border um, and into oklahoma uh, we asked that lord you be with first of all the firefighters that are down there and in those areas a lot of them are volunteers and uh, we just pray that they would get assembled get organized and they be able to the battle these these fires it is so difficult when the wind is blowing and, Lord, uh, I just pray that you would be with them, that uh, structures would be saved. Uh, we pray for homes uh, not to be destroyed. And, Lord, we just commit this all to you. We pray that you'd be with David, and the rest give them a peace, and that you would just work. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, be praying for them down there in the corner of the state. Of course, you've probably heard how Oklahoma is having huge uh, brush fires, very dry, uh Tens of thousands of acres have burned, homes have burnt up, uh, it's dry in that area, they've had a red flag warning out uh, for uh, a number of um, uh, days in a row, and so it's just a dire, dire situation and um, we want to continue to pray for them. So uh, we welcome you to Calvary Live. Again, give me a call. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. Always a blessing for me to be with you on Tuesday afternoons. So 303-690-3000. Let's go to Fisher in Fort Collins. Fisher?
1: Hey. Hey, how are you?
2: Huh? Good. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me.
2: You bet. Thanks for calling. Yeah.
1: Yeah, hey,
3: so I was just, I'm from Fort Collins. I'm a student up at CSU, and I was just driving down to Denver um, to visit my family this evening. Um, And as I'm on the highway, these wind gusts are just awful. They're just terrible. Um, And I've seen a couple semi-trucks flipped over, um, and there's a bunch of car accidents, and traffic is just awful. So um, I just wanted to um, have us lift up those car accidents and those first responders and everything that's happened on this highway. Um, I just wonder if we could pray for them. Um, but I also did have a, a question too. Um, Absolutely. So I don't, know, why don't if you go we, ahead? You wanted to pray go, or ask that question? Sure. Why don't um, so you go ahead, the, G- go ahead and ask?
2: Go okay, ahead cool. and ask the question, then we'll go yep, and so pray for um, those dealing with these high winds. Okay.
3: Excellent. Go ahead. Yeah. So my my question is, uh, you know, Jesus says He is the way, the truth, and the light, um, and the only way to the Father is through belief in Jesus. Um, and so right. I was just wondering, I've just been wrestling with this question lately, um, what does true belief look like? Uh, is it a, is yeah. it a confession with the mouth? Um, are there certain fruits of the life that we can look for that, that show genuine belief or genuine faith? Um, so what is what is a genuine belief in, in Jesus, that He is our Savior and our Lord? Um, what does that yeah. look like?
2: Yeah, and I think that's a good question, Fisher, because there can be confusion in that, you know, what does it mean? Um, sometimes even in um, in evangelistic invitations, uh, there will be those who will say, "Well, just believe in Jesus." What, what does that mean? Um, we know that James says something interesting. He says, "Even the demons believe and in, in tremble." Yeah, um, th- mm. they don't have a saving a saving faith. There are those who have said to me, "Well, I believe in Jesus." As a matter of fact, we're going to talk a little bit about this in. Uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, because the book of Hebrews deals with what Jesus has done for us, our great high priest, and what he's provided for us. And there are those who say, well, I believe in a Sermon on the Mount, I believe in Jesus. Um, well, what does that mean? Uh, I think it's important, as we talk about saving faith, um, calling on the name of Jesus to understand who he is, that he's the Son of God and what he did for us, and going to the cross and dying for our sins. The greatest need that any man or any woman has is to be forgiven of sin. And so uh, I think it's important. And this is where, Fisher, it gets a little bit concerning for me is um, there are more and more uh, ministry leaders and pastors behind the pulpit that say, well, we're not going to mention sin. Uh, We don't want to mention sin. We don't want to say the word. Well, you can't really give the gospel unless you talk about sin. Uh And Jesus, in that upper room, as... um, they're, they're saying, the disciples, are confused. We don't know where you're going. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And to understand that a few hours after that, that Jesus would take that cross and he would die for their sins. And and to understand that as we believe in him as recognizing that I am a sinner and needed to be forgiven, to humble myself, to call upon the name of the Lord for forgiveness and come to that place of humility and submission to him and, and to recognize that he's the Son of God who rose from the grave. And, and and that's what we're doing as we come in living faith to Jesus Christ. It's not just believing that Jesus is a good humanitarian or a great you know, teacher or I believe in the sayings of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount. It's really understanding what he did for us and that he is the lord of all and he's the king of kings and what he has provided for us and he is the way to salvation he is our salvation even as the writer of hebrews says that he is able to save to the uttermost so hopefully that helps you out or or you know kind of uh, anybody out there listening um it's it's uh, important to understand our need to be forgiven uh, because if we don't give that message of there's bad news, we're all sinners lost, and that's the message of the Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, that Jesus is the one who gave life, and, uh, and that's why he is the way, and uh, who he is, the Son of God. So those, those factors are very important.
3: Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that, and uh, that'll give me a lot of great room for, for prayer and meditation and uh, just further exploration, so I thank you.
2: Yeah. Hey, Fisher, the other thing, you said you're a student at CSU? Yeah. Yeah. Well, go Rams. I got a son who's <laughs> going to be going to CSU here the next fall as a freshman. I graduated from CSU, but it's interesting because I was looking at the text line, and there's a request that came in. Uh, as well for all those you guys are going to be entering into finals in the next couple of weeks, just for prayer. So I'd like to add that to the prayer list as we pray for those who are dealing with the high winds and um, and the difficulty driving in it. Let's go ahead and pray for you guys in, in the universities as well that are going to be heading into finals. So Father, I do pray. I pray for all those drivers here in Colorado that are in our listening area, all the way from Pueblo up into Wyoming. Uh, the wind is uh, howling, it's high wind warnings throughout the day, and it can make it very difficult even to drive a truck or uh, a car that gets um, you know, pushed around by these winds. So keep everybody safe. Lord, I pray that the winds would subside uh, soon and everybody would be able to uh, get where they need to go, get there safely. Just help people as they're driving to really pay extra attention and be cautious. But Lord, I also want to pray for Fisher. I thank you for him calling in and asking a very important question. It's probably the most important question that anybody could ever ask, is how do I come to saving faith? And, Lord, I do pray that you be with him as a college student at the university there in Fort Collins. I pray for all the students that are going to be heading into finals. And as one that texted in that asked for prayer, I just pray that you would help them. It can be a very stressful time. Uh, that you would help them to study, uh, to get through their finals in a couple weeks. They'll be starting the first part of May. And, Lord, especially those who are trying to graduate. I know I have a son who's looking at graduating at UNC here on the 5th of May. And, Lord, that you would help them to finish up, to accomplish your goals, uh, to be with them during this stressful time, help them in their exams and final projects. And we pray that for all the students uh, that are listening in, uh, for your hand to be upon them in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. God bless you.
2: You too. You drive safe, Fisher, okay?
3: Thank you. Have a good one.
2: You too. Okay, we've got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We've already touched on a couple text uh, prayer requests. We want to continue to do that, and... Uh, So you can text in a prayer request or a question at 720-336-0897. Let's go ahead to Anna, who's calling from Northern Colorado. Hi, Anna.
4: Hi, how are you?
2: Good. How are you doing today?
4: I'm doing pretty good. So I had two questions. Um, But, okay, so basically I have friends who um, have kind of questioned um, the need for baptism, for salvation— um, and I've spoken to them um, about just different scriptures that I found, just in Galatians and stuff about um, you know needing Jesus alone and not needing um, work. Um, but they don't see baptism as a work. So I was just kind of looking for apologetics that would um, defend that faith. Um, you yeah, know, it's by yeah. faith alone.
2: Yeah, Anna, you're doing a good job pointing them to the Book of Galatians and. You know, that's what Paul was dealing with. It wasn't baptism, but circumcision Mm -hmm. and keeping of the law of Moses you know and those gentile believers as he established those churches in in the area of galatia on that first missionary journey you know they're enjoying the lord they're enjoying their new relationship with the lord and all of a sudden somebody comes along and says well it's not that simple you have to have faith and you have to be circumcised well it's really no different than somebody who comes along and says you know it's not that simple you have to um you know have faith and you have to be baptized so those who say it's not a works i don't know what else you call it there's mm-hmm. a couple things that you can point to them number one i don't know if you talk to them about the thief on the cross you remember that the thief on the cross turned to jesus and said remember me when you come into your kingdom and what was the answer of jesus that you'll be with me in paradise you know before mm-hmm. the sun has set jesus didn't say well i'm sorry but you know you weren't baptized and uh so you're you're not going to go to paradise um mm-hmm. there there are those that I've shown them that and they said well Jesus can save whoever he wants mm-hmm. there's no consistency in that um either you have to be baptized or not to be baptized yeah. um so the other thing too is you can show them Corinthians chapter 1 and um okay. And in verse 13, Paul, he addresses their carnality, and he says, "'I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say that I baptized in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanas. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel.' So, and then he gets in how he came to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. That was his message. Paul wouldn't say that. He wouldn't say that, um, you know, Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel if baptism was necessary for salvation. Okay. So, here's the thing, Anna, I think it's a real key that we take people to the cross, and Jesus' death on the cross was sufficient for forgiveness of sin. Uh, mm-hmm. and for our salvation. And when we say that you have to be baptized, or you have to worship on this certain day, or you have to do this regulation or this ritual, then what we are saying is is that the cross is not sufficient for forgiveness mm-hmm. and for salvation. And, and that's one thing that really made Paul's blood boil when you yeah. read the New Testament, is that somebody coming along and saying, you have to add to what Jesus did on the cross— then Paul says I'm afraid that you know you're going to believe that Jesus died in vain there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to earn salvation now with that said I also know that baptism is very important it's a command of the Lord for us as believers but it's not to be baptized that's that isn't why we are uh, to to get saved it's a declaration that I am saved mm-hmm. and I think it's important that they understand why it is that we are baptized because Uh, It's a command of the Lord. It's important for the believer, but it's identifying with Christ. It's what it is. It's a proclamation that I am saved, that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ as I go down under the water, that the old man, the old woman is dead, and then as I come out of the water, I'm raised in that newness of life, in that new resurrected life, um, been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. So there's powerful symbolism in it, but it is not necessary for salvation.
4: Okay, and um, I had another question. It's a little bit related. Um, And someone pointed this out to me today. Um, It's in Hebrews chapter 6, verses uh, 4 through 8, and they were trying to use uh, that passage of Scripture to support the idea that salvation can be lost.
2: Yeah. It's one of the most difficult passages in the New Testament. Um, And if you had the next half hour... I could give you all the different views. Um, and that's one of the views is that you can lose your salvation. And I'm going to read it for the sake of the, of the listeners. Um, okay. As the writer of Hebrews, he's been talking about, um, you know, um, he's talking about spiritual immaturity uh, in the end of chapter five, he moves into chapter six. He said, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. But then he says, for it is impossible for those who are once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. If they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. So there are those who say, see, uh, it's impossible, uh, you know, if you were saved, um, that if you fall away to, to, you know, renew and and come back, renew them again to repentance, since they crucified for themselves the Son of God. I do not believe that it's talking about you can lose your salvation. Um, Here's the thing. There isn't anyone, and these verses have been used to scare people. I've lost my salvation. I can't come back. There is not one example that I see in the Scriptures where somebody truly repented and God did not receive them. Um, Of course he receives them. Um, So the question is, is this talking about a believer or not? There's different takes on that. So Anna, I have a detailed study on that uh, on her website. If you go to teaching on these verses that I just did uh, last month or at the end of February, That goes through all the different views, but um, here it's talking about if you renew them, um, again, to repentance. Uh, I'm not even sure he's even talking about salvation. When you go on to, "...for the earth which drinks in the rain and often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated, receives blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed." whose end is to be burned. So um, I think personally, it's either talking about dead works because that's the whole context. He says, let us go on to perfection. Let's, let's, let's uh, not lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works. So the whole context of Hebrews is don't go back to those things that can't save you. And the writer of Hebrews then goes into a long discussion that will go into chapter 10 about how the Old Covenant had inadequacies, the animal sacrifices weren't enough. So don't go back to those dead works. you know. Don't trust in those things. So that's the warning that is given to them. And if you're trusting in those things to save you, they are not going to save you. So there are those who believe that it is talking about either works or dead works that they're trusting in, Or you can look at it at apostasy, that they are turning to apostasy, and again, there's an argument given, and you can read that about if somebody's in apostasy, were they even saved in the first place? I really believe, Anna, in the security of the believer. There's too many verses in there in the Scripture that talks about um, that uh, he who is able to keep you from stumbling will present you faultless before the Father with exceeding joy, Um, that he who has begun a good work in you will... Bring it to completion but Paul also as he talks about in Ephesians and in 2nd Corinthians twice says that we as believers that were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise um, you know for the day of redemption for the the purchased possession that word sealed is a very very strong word and it means that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise as believers so I see there's so much in the scripture about uh, being born again, I don't see anything about being unborn again, and uh, but there's definitely warnings that are there uh, that are given to us. So I'm not afraid to say, don't play games with your salvation. Um, you know, Paul said, examine yourselves to the Corinthians to see if you're in the faith. So really, to understand being in the faith, and there's regeneration that happens, and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. But I would look at that study and listen to it, and I think that uh, you'll get all the different views on it, and um, I try to cover it very carefully, but I do not believe it's talking about losing your salvation.
4: Okay, thank you so much, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, these friends that I've made um, who have these different questions, or they, they have different standings, you know, based on, um, like, needing a baptism for salvation and things like that, I don't would they be considered believers or is that
2: something that is well there are um, are believers that have that but mm-hmm. and I don't know who it is that you're talking to so I want to give yeah, you a little okay. bit of, of warning here there's mm-hmm. there's groups out there that are very aggressive that mm-hmm. tell you you have to be um baptized in order to be saved very mm-hmm. legalistic there's some cults out there like the worldwide uh mission society of the mm-hmm. church of church of God that came out of South Korea, they are hitting up a lot of young people. They're on the campuses. They're in yeah. um, Walmart and things like that. I don't know if you're talking to them, but if you are, put your tail between your legs and head for the hills. Don't, yeah. They're just bad news and very legalistic. They believe that their leader is the Holy spirit and just yeah. all kinds of weird things. So um you know, take everything by what the scripture says and um and be careful when they approach you because they seem okay. very together. They seem very confident in what they're saying, but they believe in Mother God and and mm-hmm. all they take the scriptures and they really twist them around. So I don't know if you're talking to them, but make sure, Anna, that you are listening to good biblical teaching such Mm -hmm. as what you hear on grace fm and that you're involved in a church that's going through the scriptures and is and holds to what the scripture says you know in its context and and that's one of the safe things about doing verse by verse teaching i always tell people you know we keep everything in its context and without the text you're going to have the con and Mm -hmm. they're very good about pulling out certain scriptures and then and getting you confused on it all right
4: all right well thank you so much Hey,
2: good questions, Anna. Keep <clears throat> Keep in touch, okay?
4: Okay, I will. Thank
2: you. All right. You have a great right. day.
4: You too. Bye-bye.
2: All right. Very good questions. Listen, folks, all of you that are listening, got to take everything in its context, because there are those that are out there that will take the scriptures and really twist it around. Um, just the last week, I was at home in a couple of Jehovah Witnesses knocked on my door. It's the first time they've come to my door in a long time, and I just engaged them in conversation, and um, it was very interesting to be able to do that and encourage them to really look at the true Jesus, and they would try to bring out Scripture, and to be able to answer them in a biblical manner was very important, so keep studying the Scriptures. Well, we want to go on. Let's go to Victor in Strasbourg. Victor? How are you? How are you?
1: I'm doing okay. A little windy out here, but other than that... <laughs> yeah,
2: I think it's windy everywhere.
1: Yeah, that's it. So um, I'm I'm kind of new to this, newly saved, and this is the first time that I've been reading the Bible, and I started out in Mark, and just going across Mark 2, um, they mention uh, Pharisees, and I'm just right. wondering exactly what a Pharisee is, and the other part is uh, they mentioned that Jesus went to eat with uh, the, um, the lawmakers, the sinners, and the tax collectors. And I'm just kind of wondering why they're all grouped together. What makes the tax collectors such bad people? I mean, obviously, they're they're taking money um, from people that yeah, are working and, hard. Um, but just, just kind of trying to get a better understanding of, of yeah. how those people were considered to be in the group that they're in, and again, what a Pharisee is.
2: You know it 's interesting you talk about the tax collectors because today 's tax day right, right. So, um, <laughs> but you 're asking good questions and um first of all, I am just uh, so blessed to hear that you 're a new believer you 're reading your bible and um and you 're calling in you 're asking questions to tax the um first of all the Pharisees there were different leaders that were in uh, Israel, different religious leaders of the Jews. And you're going to read as you go through Mark's Gospel a lot about the Pharisees and about the Sadducees. And um, the Pharisees were, uh, the word means uh, dedicated ones. They were the separated ones that were going to keep the most minute details of the law. And oftentimes they are listed with, as you continue, the scribes and the Pharisees. So the scribes, They not only copied the Scriptures, but they were the lawyers. They were the ones that interpreted the Scriptures. They would take the Ten Commandments, and they made 613 commandments. But what they also did is they interpreted what does it mean to keep the Sabbath. So you're going to go into Mark, even when you get into Chapter 2 and Chapter 3, you're going to see there's this confrontation that the religious leaders have Concerning the Sabbath and thinking that Jesus broke the Sabbath. So right, the Pharisees just sort of finished that part. Yeah. So the Pharisees are saying we're the ones that are dedicated to keeping the most minute details of the law and all the regulations concerning the Sabbath. Um, I'm gonna keep talking here and then we're gonna go to Vic uh, to um, to break. So Victor, when we do hear the music, I want you to hold because you're asking some very, very good questions. And I okay. want to explain it to you. That's going to help you as you go through Mark. So uh, we'll hear the music in a bit. We'll go to break, and then we'll come back and carry the conversation. But the religious leaders were the Pharisees, 6,000 in number, um, very religious. And Jesus is going to rebuke them as we go on. You're also going to read about the Sadducees. They were the the uh, the rationalists of the day. They were generally wealthy the chief priests were the Sadducees, and they didn't believe in much of anything. They didn't believe in the resurrection, angels, coming Messiah, anything. So, when you come back, I'll wrap it up and um, about the tax collectors as well. So, we'll be right back. Stay tuned as I continue my conversation with Victor after the break.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: And welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. I'm Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley having a conversation with Victor. Victor, are you still with us? Yes, sir. So, Victor, that's a little bit about the Pharisees. They were just very religious And they were the main enemies of Jesus. And what you read, I think, at the end of Mark chapter 3 is after Jesus heals that man with the withered hand there in the synagogue, that the Pharisees, along with the Herodians—I might as well tell you the Herodians were more of a political uh, Uh, party—they were determined to put Jesus to death— when you go to the book of acts you see that the sadducees were the main enemies of the christians because they're hearing reports of the resurrection um you know uh, jesus uh you know was the messiah they didn't believe in any of those things uh, the sadducees also uh, were determined to put lazarus to death right before jesus went to the cross because jesus raised him from the grave and lazarus was bad theology for them so those are the different religious groups that you're going to be reading about, and political groups. Now, when it comes to the tax collectors, the people hated the tax collectors uh, because they were collecting taxes for Rome. And uh, so Matthew, the first gospel, was actually a tax collector. His name was Levi, and Jesus went to him and said, Come follow me, and he followed Jesus. But tax collectors were very much hated because the people hated paying taxes to Rome, they, they were, yeah, they were burdened by it. Uh, they could use the Roman soldiers, you know, uh, to shake somebody down. They were taxed very heavily. You know, as I mentioned today's tax day, if you think you got in, you get in trouble here in our country without paying taxes back then, you were really big trouble. But tax collectors usually were ones uh, that uh, were dishonest. Uh, they had a certain quota, anything that they made above that quota, they got to keep from themselves. so they were generally wealthy, they were dishonest and When you read the other uh, synoptic gospels of Matthew and Luke, you see that John the Baptist addresses the tax collectors don 't take any more than what is you know your quota. As they're asking him at the river, what shall we do? So that's why the tax collectors are listed with the sinners. Nobody would hang out with them, except for the sinners. And you see that Jesus had dinner with Matthew, right? And, yeah. um, and there was the tax collectors and sinners. And uh, Jesus, I think Matthew had Jesus over at his house to introduce, this is my Lord, and I'm no longer working for the King of Rome. I'm working for the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, to introduce Jesus to his friends, uh, to his tax collecting buddies, and the other sinners that were there in the house. So, th- does that help?
1: It does. Uh, I got to tell you, being able to ask these questions it may seem simple to others, uh, and, and not feel not feel stereotyped as as someone who's you know unknowledgeable of this stuff. It's kind of a it, it, it means a lot. You guys uh, made a big difference in, in my life and in uh, being saved with Jesus. So I, I just want to say thank you, and I'm going to keep calling in. Hopefully uh, we'll have the availability to help me out. So
2: Absolutely. Um. That's what we're here for, and I love it. Because even people that read the Bible, they don't really understand who the Pharisees are or the tax collectors. You're asking good questions, and it's going to help you understand the Scripture. So I just want to pray for you, Victor. As Father, I thank you for his call. I thank you that he's learning the Word of God. Help him to keep understanding, keep growing, uh, asking questions. It's so good. And I pray that you would bless him and warm his heart as he continues through Mark's gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for calling in.
1: Thank you so much. Uh be careful out there.
2: All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We have some open lines 303-690-3000, but James from Greeley has been waiting. James? Yeah. Thanks for holding.
5: Yeah, I I do want to thank you for your ministry, uh Pastor Jeff. It's a it's a big blessing on my life and um it's a, it's a wonderful thing that you guys are are doing.
2: Um, Well, thank you for the encouragement.
5: um, The reason for my call today is uh, me and my wife kind of got slapped in the face with a very severe problem that my daughter has been facing in school, and we weren't aware of the severity of it, and um, it's kind of been like a living hell for her. Oh, no. She... It, 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 and the deeper we dig into it, the deeper it is, and the the bad the worse the bullying has been for her at school. And we've teamed with the school and we're trying to deal with it, and I just wanted to call and ask for you and your listeners to pray over me and my family and yeah, the
2: absolutely
5: severity that the bullying in school is just out of control. And mm-hmm. just if you could pray for my daughter, it'd
2: be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll pray for her. And There may be listeners out there that are facing the same thing. Matter of fact, they just had something on the news. They had a uh, one of the news uh, Denver news channels just had something recently on bullying how bad it was. And, um, and, you know, with social media and all that other stuff. And I am so sorry your daughter's going through it. I know it brings great pain to you. Um, to your wife. And so, Father, we just pray for James. I just pray for his daughter, um, that you would protect her and keep her safe, that the officials at school would really be able to to bring some resolve here, and um, that whoever is picking on her, and uh, we don't know the severity, but James talks about and knows that it's very severe, that, Lord, that you would just... Um, bring protection. And um, and those who are doing the bullying would be dealt with. And Lord, that um, that she would be able to heal physically, emotionally, be with James and his wife to be able to help protect her daughter. And, and Lord, at a time where anger can really take over, that they would just look to you and uh, be able to work with the school, that this, it, it, this would be done with very quickly and decisively. I pray for those listeners out there who are perhaps going through the same thing with their kids. Um, it is a problem. And Lord, we live in, in a society with social media and uh, the videos of fighting and just uh, that's out there. It's, um, I feel and I hurt for these kids that have to go to school and get picked on and it shouldn't be. So Lord, I just pray that you bring protection to them. Anybody else that's facing these things, and Lord, that you would um, put your hand on them and um, keep them under the shadow of your wings. And James' daughter, in in every way, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, James. Hey, James, keep us updated. All right. Yeah. ready. We're going to keep praying. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Thanks for calling in.
5: Uh huh. Thank
2: you. Ah, uh, you bet. <laughs> So many prayer needs, um, and that's why we're here to pray and I'm sure that some of you are facing those things or you know bullying of kids and and um, it ought not to be, but unfortunately it's a part of what we see going on uh, today, part of the problem, and uh, we just pray th- uh, that uh, things get resolved in schools and any kids that are out there, hey, if you're being picked on, tell somebody you need to tell a principals, a teacher, you need to tell um, your parents so Um, you can get help, and uh, even though you might be threatened or that way, get the help that you need. Uh, Anybody that's being bullied or abused in any way, there are people there to help you, and I just want to encourage you in that. Well, let's go to Maxie in Pennsylvania. Maxie?
6: Yes, thank you. I'm here. How are you? I'm doing good.
2: Good. Got a question for me?
6: Yes. Um, I've read the Bible many times over and over, and each time I read it, I learn something new, or, you know, I I gain a new perspective on things. Um, Well, this time, I was reading through uh, the Old Testament, and I came across the uh, story of Abraham, and um, how after he got his wife's servant pregnant, and she wanted him to send her away... And he did so, but without any provisions or, you know, any kinds of, uh, um, you know, security. Or he just sent her away with a bottle of water, basically. Why did he do that? I know he had many possessions. And he was very wealthy. He had many servants. Yeah. And he, um, why did he do that to his his his, his um, baby's mother?
2: Yeah, and and here's the thing about the Bible. Maxie so you go through it that the bible's very honest um yeah. about what takes place and even a man of faith like abraham you know did some some made some big mistakes yeah. one of the mistakes that he made is he had received the promise that he was going to be the father of of many uh the father of a great nation at this yeah. time when you go into genesis chapter 16 He had been waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. Him and Sarah had not had any children. That's where Sarah makes the suggestion to Abraham and says, Hey, nothing's happening. We need to give God a hand, so why don't you take my maidservant, uh, whose name was Hagar, and have a child with with her? And Abraham says, Okay. Well, that was the first mistake that Abraham made. Um, He should have never done that. So Ishmael is born. And what yes. happened when Sarah saw that, she became very jealous. She became very angry about that. The second problem that Abraham did is he said to Sarah, You deal with her, you know, as you yeah. see fit. Well, poor Hagar, um, Hagar didn't have a chance. And so she's actually driven out because okay. it tells us that Sarah dealt with her very harshly and she fled from her presence. So she fled and then of course the angel uh would come to Hagar. But that was the problem and and there's a lesson in that for us. First of all, don't give God a hand. Um yes. it was the work work of the flesh, you know, here they are, nothing's happening. Let's give God a hand and they made it worse. And whenever we do that in our lives, trying to make things happen in our own energies and our own plans, we end up making things worse. And then it also talks, you know, gives us a lesson about jealousy. And here was Sarah that was very jealous and dealt with her harshly, which wasn't right as well. But God ended up blessing Hagar, Ishmael, you'll become a great nation as well. And of course, the covenant wouldn't come through Ishmael. It would come through when they had a son, Isaac. Uh, but you can read that chapter. So, um, yeah, Abraham uh, made a mistake in that. He, he, Um, didn't trust the Lord, and when we don't trust the Lord, we make bad decisions, and that's what ended up happening. So hopefully that kind of explains that.
6: Yeah. But um, when she was in the wilderness, it said that um, she left the kid there, you know, because she was like, oh, he's going to die. I don't want to see this. Right. And, um, but, you know, that's your son. How how can you just just send your son away and no one at the time, the time they were living in was kind of rough too. So I mean, maybe he was trying to get rid of the problem or he just didn't want to deal with it. But I thought Mm -hmm. that was just kind of weird. The fact that he just sent her away. I thought that was kind of cruel. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it it is. And she fled from him. She went out in that hot desert. They're in that area. If I've been in that area of Israel, it is hot and dry and, you know, she seemed hopeless, but God's mercy came to her, and um and the angel of the Lord you know said to her, I'll multiply your descendants. Ishmael does end up coming back, by the way. Okay. Um he comes as you read on, you're gonna see that he does end up coming back to Abraham. Um but um yeah, that that wasn't that wasn't right what Abraham did. Abraham did a number of things that wasn't right. But yet yeah. we see that Abraham, <laughs> you see God's mercy and grace in that, and um, in that, you know, he, he, you know, he went down to Egypt and told the uh, the Pharaoh that, you know, uh, Sarah is my sister because he was afraid for his own hide. So, yeah. um, you know, he made a bunch of bonehead mistakes, and um, and that was one of them. So there's there's lessons in that. But Ishmael does end up coming back, actually getting okay. circumcised. When you get um, there to the next chapter, you'll read about it. Um, but it was a very difficult time for Hagar.
6: Okay. All right. Yeah. Good question. Makes... Good question. Yes. Keep
2: reading the Bible. Keep going through it. And I lo- the Bible's very honest about Abraham, uh, Isaac, and Jacob, and the mistakes they made, and Jacob's sons, and, um yeah. you know... And and I what that's what I appreciate about the Bible. Even David and his sin with Bathsheba, and and uh, and um, so thankful for forgiveness and mercy of God in our lives.
6: Thank you so much.
2: You bet, Maxie, Okay, Good. Thanks for calling. Keep calling in, asking those questions.
6: Definitely, I will. Have a great day.
2: God bless. You too. 303-690-3000, the number to call. We have some open lines. Let's go to Karen in New Jersey. Karen?
7: Yes, hello there.
2: Thanks for holding. How are you today? Oh, no
7: problem. Oh, I'm okay. Thank you. Um, I Unfortunately, I forgot when I called in, I was shocked that I actually got through. I thought I would never get
1: through.
7: <laughs> um that you 're taped a week ahead of time, or two weeks i wasn 't sure, but my question yeah. was referring to it was a conversation last week I was right. told it was taped last week. It was on um, certain things certain beliefs about hell, if there is a hell, and that what the jehovah 's witnesses believe, and where right. they came up with um the year 1914, and I only wanted to ask a question because a period of time in my life, they used to knock on my door, and I would let them um, in, and I would sit there and try to stump them with questions, and I'm not even (laughs) that great. I don't even know how to read the Bible. When I read it, I could read a whole chapter or ten pages, and I haven't really even understood anything, but... um, They were mentioning things, and it's always been a question of mine about hell, because they were able to go to the King James Bible and to certain scriptures and say that hell is really eternal sleep. And they would back it up with certain prayers that even the Catholics say about um, even uh, he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. He will wake people up from their sepulchres. I think that was the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the Lord made the earth forever. Um, only the wicked will be destroyed. And why would we create a place called hell if his pro- his initial intention was to give us a life on this paradise forever, forever? And Adam and Eve uh, blew it for us. So therefore, now we have to die and then wait for Jesus to come back.
2: Um, yeah, and, and, and that's it really one of the... it
7: logical to me. Of course it did, <clears throat> because I'd rather right. be sleeping than being in hell. <laughs> yeah,
2: it, it I, may sound logical. Um, um, Karen, and you were broken up a little bit, but I think I got oh, the gist no. of what you were saying. It's okay. <clears throat> I appreciate your question, because it's an important question. And the Jehovah Witnesses... Um, they do believe the wicked will not be punished with conscious torment, but will be extinguished forever, annihilation. And there are even some Christian groups that believe that, and um, and that you'll be annihilated. The, 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 the answer isn't, isn't logical. The answer is, is it biblical? And what they like to do is they like to take portions of Scripture and really twist it around. But the Bible talks about hell. And uh, and Jesus said it's a real place, and hell wasn't created <clears throat> for the unbeliever. The hell was created for Satan and his demons, the Scripture says. But we also know that those who reject Jesus Christ um, are going to um, be cast into outer darkness. We know that from Revelation chapter twenty, that the great white throne judgment that those who are not found in the book of life will be cast the outer darkness forever. It's an eternal place. Jesus spoke about hell. Matter of fact, as you read the Gospels, that he mm-hmm. spoke more about hell um, than he did about heaven. So he says that hell is real, and he mentions that you can l- read about Luke chapter 16, uh, that the rich man who went to Hades in a place of torment, we know that Jesus, he talks about his resurrection, those who believe the resurrection of life and those who do not believe. Um, I'm going to read it to you. Um, do not marvel at this, Jesus says in John chapter 5 For the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection and condemnation. So Jesus talks about there's going to be, as Revelation chapter 20 says, a second revel- uh, resurrection, the unrighteous dead, are going to be resurrected, standing before the great white throne judgment, and they're going to be cast into outer darkness. So hell is real. And um, so everybody's going to uh-huh. go on to eternity. You either go on to eternity as a believer in Jesus Christ, to be with the Lord forever, forgiven of your sins, or you're going to go on into outer darkness um, to the um, uh, to what we call hell. Uh, it's called the lake of fire, and that's for eternity. And there are those who come along and say, well, that doesn't make sense. The Jehovah Witnesses that might say when they come and knock on your door that why would God do that? Well, um, he's made it possible for us to have eternal life, and that's a choice that a person makes, that they're, you know— um, that they don't want Jesus in their life and they're going to be judged according to their works. And you don't want to be judged according to your works, you want to be judged according to, um, you know, the precious blood of Jesus Christ as Jesus took the judgment for you and for me on Calvary's cross. And now we have eternal life that comes through him. So, um, you, know, you said
7: that it,
2: so nicely, it makes me want to cry. <laughs> yeah, and you know, here's the thing, Karen, um, Keep reading your Bible. Understand your Bible because it's so I important. Do have it,
7: to get started. Yeah. I always, I gotta get started. Get myself in a church group.
2: Yeah, that it's it's you very in the important
7: Bible because I, like I said, left to my own devices, I could read ten pages and not yeah. extract one bit it's, of understanding. It's it's
2: overwhelming at first, and you know, we had a call um, this week, and you guys are a week delayed. But I just got through with a call with somebody who's young in the Lord reading his Bible, and he's understanding it. It just takes time. But you keep listening. I I imagine you're listening to Hope FM out there. Um, keep the listening to, to Hope All FM. All the time. Don't, I yeah, don't change 90%. that dial. And you got some good Calvaries out there in New Jersey that do verse-by-verse teaching, um, and there may be some other churches okay. near you. I'm not familiar with New Jersey. I'm out here in Colorado and um so really get involved in a good bible believing church that's going to take you through the scriptures and you're going to begin to understand and you're going to grow and you know the bible says in hebrews chapter 10 don't forsake the assembly of ourselves uh, together as is the matter of some especially as you see um the day approaching and it's so important today to to understand the bible to be growing in the bible takes time But if you don't know the Word of God, you're going to get deceived. And that's why a lot of people end up buying into the lies of cults or that which is deceptive Mm -hmm. because, Karen, there's a lot of voices that are out there. And we need to run everything through the Bible. John says in his epistle, test the spirits to see if they are of God. And the way to test the spirits to see if they are of God is through the Word of God. That's our final authority. Um, Mm -hmm. So... Um, i just pray that uh you would do that Karen i'm going to pray that you find thank the church thank
7: you so much yeah. yeah
2: and you know i hear this you know uh more times than often about those who are um you know not in church and i just want to encourage all the listeners out there if you're not in a church get involved in a church get involved in a group of believers um and i know that there are some that are shut-ins or perhaps because of your situation you cannot uh, be in fellowship, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. I understand that. And I'm not saying this to bring condemnation on anybody, but if you can, be with a group of believers. God designed us to be in the church. God designed us to be with other believers. And my life has been so tremendously blessed being in a part of a church. And I, I want you to ha- have so that same beautiful. blessing, Karen. That's so beautiful yeah. to
7: hear. I must be- my situation is that I just need to do it instead of thinking about doing it. Um, yeah. It's laziness, that's all. But I am blessed what? to be a nurse, and so many times in my life, even though I don't sit and do anything religiously, um, I'm lazy. I have been blessed so many times, just so you know this, by patients that I've had that have taught me so many things just by their belief in Jesus and the Lord and forgiveness and grace, that I I just have so much faith in God and in, you know, all the promises. I just need to start reading the book itself, and I need to get connected and I do appreciate you taking my call, um, because the Jehovah's Witnesses are very good at just pointing things out Mm -hmm. and pointing to a few sentences and could really change the way you uh, think about things. And really, what I'm gathering so far in my life is that it's mostly about a feeling, too, when you feel that faith in God... um, it's a
2: wonderful
7: feeling, um, yeah. and I learn just, the scriptures. Karen. I just love the and listening you. all the time. Um, keep listening
2: and keep thank calling. You. I will. ask I any questions. Hey, Karen, I want you to hang yeah. on. I want to pray for you because uh, we are coming to the end of our show. So um, I want to pray with you. But uh, there, if you ever get into a Christian bookstore, there there is a book by Ron Rhodes. Uh, uh-huh. How to Answer a Jehovah Witness. So you might want to pick that up. It's easy reading. I sure
7: will, and I know exactly where to go, what store. Yeah. And it's and then, called,
4: it's Ron Rhodes.
2: Yeah, Ron Rhodes, How to uh-huh. Answer a Jehovah Witness. Okay. And okay. Th- that'll help Thank you with you. that. Okay, one other thing, Karen, I know you probably yeah. want to go, but since I got you, <laughs> you're a nurse. And as yes. you grow in the Word of God, you said that how people bless you. Now you get to be a blessing to others as you grow in the Word of God. So, Father, I pray for Karen. I pray that you bless her, help her to grow, find a church that she can be involved in, and that she would be a blessing to others as she grows in the Word of God. I thank you for her sweet spirit, and I thank you that she's listening to Hope FM. Continue to bless all the listeners out there on the East Coast. I thank you for her encouragement. And, Lord, take her to a group of believers, a church so she can learn your Word and grow in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Karen. Thank
7: you. (laughs) Thank you so much. You have a great day. Thank you so much. You too. Good night. Bye-bye.
2: You you bet. We're coming to the end of the show. We have a great show. I know there's a number of text questions that come in and prayer requests. Sorry we can't get to everybody, but um, keep calling in. Keep being a part of Calvary Live. Very good questions today. I love it. Uh, For you who are listening that are growing in the Word of God, uh, don't ever be afraid to ask a question. You might think it's a very basic question, but it's important to know. And uh, we're here to minister to you in that way, to bring clarity and understanding um, in any way that we can. And it just thrills and warms my heart when people call in and say, I'm reading the Bible, I'm new, and um, to be able to grow in the Word of God and to help you to be able to do that. But I also want to encourage all of you, as we've had prayer requests, keep praying for the people that called in today, and um, keep praying for one another, and get involved in a church. You know, Get involved with the body of believers. I know you'll be blessed. There's no church that's perfect, but be in a church that teaches the Word of God, and holds the Scriptures to high authority, believes in the infallibility, the sufficiency, and inspiration of the Word of God, and that you can be with a group of believers to be encouraged in that way. So God bless you. Hey, thanks everybody for calling in, texting in. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.